Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. The Stealth 340 is one of Aeromotive's top-selling replacement fuel pumps. It fits in more factory fuel tanks as a replacement or can support high-horsepower builds up to 700 on EFI and 1,000 on CARP. Aeromotive has recently opened a customization shop to create, to create a fuel solution for any build. There is literally no limit to what they can accomplish with a fuel system, whether it be a race car, boat, heavy equipment, drones, and even your daily driver gone project car. They typically take people's factory gas tanks and equip them with a complete system to make it as plug and play as possible, but sky's the limit. Use code PROAM at checkout to save 10% off your entire order at aeromotiveinc.com. This week's guests are Formula Drift Pro 2 drivers Brian Wadman, sorry Brian, Brian Wadman and Dimitri Bruitsky. And I do want to apologize in advance. I hit the wrong button while recording and slashed off like the first three minutes. So you're going to hear Dimitri like mid-sentence once it starts. Um, again, I do apologize, but there's definitely enough on this episode that you won't want to miss. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Everything, but I'm like... Once I'm here, might as well just finish the run lightly, see how the track layout is. And um, so I, I wasn't going full force, just kind of easy linking the zones and felt pretty easy and nice. And that was my sight lap, sort of. Nice. Um, so I went back to the start line and I'm like, let's go. I'm sure his party told him that, you know, I did okay on my first run and um, did it again. So I did a nice, pretty solid lead run, I would say. And when we switched, uh, he was too hard in the last outside zone and went off track, four wheels, and uh, ended up winning top 16 against Nick Novak. Then uh, top eight was uh, Rahimi Human. I don't know what happened to him in his chase because I was leaving first. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I had a bye run into top 16 from top 32 because some people had to battle so if i had to battle in top 32 i would be out i would never make it because my car wasn't running at that point so luckily i had a bike run into top 16 and that's what uh worked out for me and uh going against him i also did a nice solid lead run in my in the chase his line was off and um you know making a lot of mistakes i chased to the best whatever I could and uh, got a win and then going into top four against Josh Love who took first place basically my car was start running uh, hot because that was the motor from my Z4 which was pretty tired mm-hmm. and I had similar situation with it at Clutch Kickers one of the rounds and in New Jersey at uh, Gambler where my temperature would spike so high and then all of a sudden drop go up and down and it would never happen with that setup. I would never have any overheating issues. Yeah. So later, later we found out my cylinder was cracked. Two cylinders were cracked. My block was cracked in two cylinders in two spots. Pretty significant big cracks. So I didn't know how the motor still ran. But anyways, um, so it started overheating and basically going into limp mode. And the safety would kick in because it was like 240, 250, I think, would show and my whole dash would go red and shut it down and stuff like that some crazy stuff happening so i straightened out like a couple of feet actually no the first round it was okay i finished but very like barely made it through the line sideways in my lead and then in my chase i really chased him very well and that earned me one more time in one more time the car again shut it down right before the finish line and then in my chase in my chase um i saw him going off track two wheels at least two wheels and really deep so i lifted and then i uh saw him kind of continue on mm-hmm. not going too far off and i clutch kick over it whatever the the motor just went into limp mode right away like block <laughs> shut it down and just coasted through the finish line so that was it for top four and then i battled for third place with mara aston mara and mm-hmm. did okay but in the chase as soon as i left the start line in chicane the car was just like breaking up and backfiring and uh he got me really good I was trying to go through the smoke, but then uh, the car again started making some funny noises, and I just shut it down. So, end up with the fourth place like that. But uh, if the car never gave up, probably would make it into the finals. Who knows how that went? <laughs> right. Uh, I was still 
happy after uh, all that issues that I had. And then Louis. you had the Z4 last year, right? What was the, um, yeah. any reason in particular for the chassis change? Uh, that one is really twitchy and harder to drive. For sure, like there's no off throttle flow. I would have to be on throttle or e-brake, and uh, really fast transitions. My first year in Pro AM, I had so much problems with uh, spinning out. Mm. It was so fast. But yeah, that car is so fast. Like you can't like switch into E46. It's basically very similar to um, S chassis S14s because I drove Brian's uh, S14 a few times, and. Uh, it's so much easier to drive like i don't even know <laughs> first time i drove brian's s14 i'm like this is so boring <laughs> that was uh, the first like first half of the lap i'm talking to him yelling to each other like is this is it is this is it is this all it takes to drive this car like God, you guys suck yeah <laughs> this car is so easy to drive and you still can't drive <laughs> yeah so i was like really uh shocked how easy it was to drive uh, car like that but basically when i tried e46 it was very similar to s chassis mm -hmm. I, but looks like they have a little more grip or you can get more grip out of a bmw so oh, really yeah my z4 was was very very gripped up i was always looking to take the grip out always trying to grip take the grip out oh and wow even though i didn't know about a still about a car setup but yeah that car was very twitchy very gripped up yeah. Very fast. So, yeah, I mean, I only qualified once last year in Pro 2. And, uh, well, also combined with some car problems I had um, that I didn't do well last year. Mm. But uh, but still, switching to this car, and I really had didn't have a lot of practice in this chassis coming out. And uh, right now leading a championship in Pro 2, I think it says a lot. How much easier it is for me to drive this chassis versus my Z4, which I still like and still have it, still take it to some other rounds. What uh, what motor and setup do you have in your Z4 now? Um, it's the same thing, S54 Turbo, but I had a backup, very low miles um, stock motor that I dropped it in because I borrowed that motor for my St. Louis round. <laughs> So I don't know if you followed my uh, stories, what happened. Basically, when they bought the car with a fresh build from ESA, mm -hmm. did a test day in Irvale, um, went pretty well, I would say. Mm -hmm. Then I uh, came home, me and Brian went to English Town to do another test day. And um, during practice, it was making a little bit of noise, which was sounded like from transmission or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess it was a valve and then when I was loading the car into the trailer, it finally dropped the valve and basically broke my block and oh. everything else. So that so, car you yeah, have now is S's old, old car, right? Yeah, that's his championship car. Uh, I I, uh, so, I bought an old seat off of him, and I keep telling myself it's his championship seat. <laughs> seat? Yeah, it's uh, just a Sparco Halo that he had. It's probably out of the Camaro. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember when we left English Town there and it was leaking water. You guys weren't too worried about it. But that was the block, right? Yep. Well, the yeah. block cracked and all the water went into the oil and then they overfilled okay. and started leaking out through the dipstick. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh... And I'm like, that's some probably like some holes, whatever water holes. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Figure it out where it's coming from. But right now, it's uh, whatever luck fucked up. The motor wouldn't turn over. Probably clutch broke or something. So yeah. Next day, you pull the train, you pull the bell house, and everything is fine. I'm like, no way. And then uh, I decided to pull the dipstick out, and sure enough, it was milky. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah, a party when crazy. there's milk in the dipstick. And that, and that was um. And that was one week before we had to leave to St. Louis. So what I did is I uh, pulled that motor out, then um, pulled the motor from my Z4 that was running car. I mm -hmm. pulled the motor, put it in E46, and um, and made it to St. Louis. So basically, that motor was, I guess, my backup stock motor would do better than that one. But <laughs> whatever, anyways, got me through this 
And then uh, straight from St. Louis, we sent the car with Justin Pollock. He, had, he bought a new trailer in St. Louis, so happened to have some room. Nice. And we sent the car to Essa. He rebuilt it for me. He had a backup, uh, brand new, not brand new, but uh, machine block and everything ready to be assembled. So he put a new block, uh, new bearings, pistons, whatever, and everything. And uh, we brought the car back to Seattle. And those are back to 100%. That motor is like relatively stock, isn't it? Just pretty much. Um... Yeah, so what he does is uh, he does uh, pistons, rods, and studs for the block. Mm-hmm. And then uh, SuperTech head, which basically uh, a cup style uh, shims for the valve chain and whatever machine cleaned and that's about it. Stock mm. uh, cams, stock valves stock and uh, vendors and everything else so yeah he doesn't do much at all and he's running uh 1100 ports i think and holds up pretty good hmm. i realized for like 40 plus events with like 700 um uh, horsepower 14 pounds of boost like yeah you got a lot of time speed. out of that thing that's uh yeah and i don't Yo, and I only did three oil changes. <laughs> yeah, seriously? That's funny. You know, I heard yeah. some people just won't do it. They're just like, yeah, it's, it's no, there's no need. It runs for like 12 hours for like a day every other month. I've seen some people do it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's too. how some people drift. Dimitri and I tend to do two events a month when we're, when we're into it and when we're driving. Yeah, that's and how so I like to get there like to get there are you guys are you are you that you know like about preventive maintenance are you changing oil like every round or are you like will you skip a day well that's that's the thing that me and brian is very bad with uh preventing maintenance <laughs> we run it till it dies we swap the car or swap the yeah and keep going so yeah instead of changing oil we're just changing cars i guess <laughs> Nah, I, uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm trying to step that up big time. I'm trying to step that mm-hmm. up big time myself. I want to make sure that I do everything I can to keep everything, especially with this new pro car that I have for this year. Yeah. Um, Same thing. Trying to change the fluids in the diff, in the trainee uh, motor every round. So, well, I, I have, didn't have to. Actually, I did. When I swapped the motor, put fresh oil, then as a Because you had to. <laughs> fresh oil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to Texas. Uh, yeah, we're gonna actually we're gonna be doing the clutch, so probably gonna change all the fluids also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happened to your clutch? Um, I, I finally uh, learned how to slip my clutch a lot on purpose <laughs> because uh, with the Z4 I snapped a lot of axles and diff because it was all stock, and then in uh, in practice on E46 on Thursday when we had a little bit of dry. Uh, our practice, I did a crazy clutch kick and I snapped my um, pinion inside the diff, which is quick change. So luckily we had a spear and we tear it apart and rebuilt it on the spot <laughs> with no tools, nothing, just use torch instead of press to heat some parts off and cool out the other to take them out and <laughs> put them back in, whatever. So, um, so the next day basically um, I was afraid to break anything, and I was slipping my clutch so much that I warped my uh, the middle plate that goes in between the twin disc. Mm-hmm. So it holds and everything, but when they're trying to take off, it basically jerks the car or like just grabs it in one second and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I get the hookup from Clutchmaster, so they're sending me new clutch. Oh, nice! And they will rebuild this one. Actually, S is bringing it to Texas, so we're just gonna change it out real quick. It doesn't take much on the lift a couple hours or so so we should yeah a lift is nice having to you know what do you have what transmission do you have in that a dog box i assume yeah that down is dog box yeah and having to do that on your back kind of sucks <laughs> i mean that train is not that bad so even on jack scans you know i could do it but definitely better on the on the lift yeah <laughs> i was trying to put a battery in upside down today on the bottom of my car and i was struggling with it <laughs> so, um, Brian, uh, if we can get some more info on your car, if I'm not mistaken, you actually, that car was a previous Pro 2 car as well, correct? Yeah, Jeff Donati is who I scooped the car from. Yep, so that's LS3, Magnuson Supercharger. 
Um, quick change, dog box. It's about where it's at. Seven hundred horse. Nice. And then, so, uh, Dimitri, how much are you at the same horsepower level, or are you? Do you have a little more? So, I guess uh, it was it was uh, at eight hundred horsepower, but um, after I start breaking shit, as I guess turn it down a little bit for me. Okay. With only after after like towards the end of the event, I looked at my uh, display and I saw the boost target was fourteen instead of eighteen psi. Ask and he's like, "Oh yeah, I lowered that a little, but you don't need that." Yeah, it's about seven hundred right so now. Are you, which is, uh, okay, and then I was going to ask you too: is like, do you guys feel you guys are uh, like being left in the dust, you know, on the run up, or are you guys be able to keep up with even like I the fastest drivers? Never felt that. Only once with uh, Aston Martin, but like I said, my car was breaking up. But I usually don't jump the light in the chase and don't try to like race it off the line i always wait for the lead car and just keep my eyes on them and i always had enough power to basically accelerate with them so oh okay but you know, so far whoever i ran with gotcha gotcha so i'm sure that's fast so i don't know i felt good the first round and that was my good round second round was uh car problems and then also the rain and possibly my driving also that just wasn't good on the rain in a bank and power steering issue so can't judge it off much um for my power with everybody else but i think the car is pretty fast i mean in the dry should definitely be should definitely be why you think with the uh, 700 700 horsepower is kind of uh, not enough on the lower side in pro tool jared what say that again you 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 said if we feel like we're we've been left in the dust Correct. on the runoffs, yeah, because of the seven hundred horse. So you think that it's not enough, or on the lower side? No, what? I was just asking on from your end because I've heard it's like so many crazy things of like, okay, so if I'm not mistaken, Nick Novak has um, Alec Hilbrom's old car, which is like what a thousand yep. wheel horsepower, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Probably was more, but I think it got turned down to. Like I would have, yeah, I would have, I would assume I so like for the same reason. And my biggest question is like, so everyone's on Achilles this year now as well. Um, how are the grip levels on the 255? Like with a 700 horsepower car, like are you guys spinning? Excuse me. <laughs> easily oh. on the run up, yeah, I can easily spin my tires. So that's that's the other thing I was gonna say that you know you can run as many horsepower as you want, but you know with 255 tires, it's that's kinda, what I was gonna uh, say. Yeah out for us so yeah i don't i think it's good and i know a few guys that i talked to who ran nexons for a for a long time for years when they uh and they ran like almost single digits tire pressure in them like low low teens Oof. uh valve and stuff like that when they switched to achilles this year they were surprised with 30 psi they like couldn't uh, couldn't slide the car the way they used to so they have to like pump more air in them, like 35 and so PSI, just to be about same grip level where the uh, Nexon. So I don't know. I know Nexon doesn't grip right off the bat. Like I remember I ran them once in Pro AM season in practice mm-hmm. and initiated kind of floats out so much easier. And then when you on throttle a few seconds later, I feel like it started gripping up where Achilles. So they like, need a little so- heat on them. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, but still, I don't know. I like Achilles, and it's been consistent. That's basically the only tire I run for the last third year now. So. Oh okay. Yeah, uh, I've haven't tried them. I actually got some, so I'm finally gonna be able to try them. And I actually started my car today for the first time in <laughs> over a year. So. Sweet. After rebuilding everything, it started. It didn't run, but it did start. Nice. So, <laughs> cross that bridge when I get there. Um. So, how many years have you guys done of, like, Pro-Am, if you want to start first, Brian? Um, how many years of Pro-Am did you do, if you did any, or did you just end up doing that shootout? Well, basically five years drifting. My first year was just a couple events, not even. So, I, I say it's, like, five years drifting, period. And then two years ago really is the first competitions that I went to, and I just really enjoyed the entire aspect of it i really like the qualifying so you can really show off your line and get judged and see where you're at up against 40 or however many people are there 
that was exciting for me and having a purpose out there um you know just was kind of hooked me in and then you know being forced to run with people it was getting to the point where at these you know smaller events we would go and certain people wouldn't want to run i mean i've never ran into anybody that you know would have any reason not to run with me but people would see you're kind of an aggressive driver and get worried about it but they'd always want to chase you and that really got me uh into looking for somewhere else to go so competition yeah. was just the next spot to go and you know went to you know i did like one or two smaller things and then went to the first u.s drift in that pouring rain uh the year before i got my license and then the next year we went to a couple of them and the first one i went to was where i got my license with u.s drift Okay. And Dimitri, I know, did East 10, but pretty much same story, I think, for him, you know, five years, six years driving. Yeah, I, um, first I had a Z3, still have it, that was uh, 2015, 2016, almost, um, I would say the most fun I ever had drifting without knowing anything, and never, never really popped the hood at the event, <laughs> just keep swapping tires and keep driving, mm-hmm. mostly, not mostly, all stock motor, stock training, uh, just uh, added ankle and suspension, oh, okay. that's it, so yeah, I had a lot of seat time, rain or shine, doesn't matter, like, I would always drive, and I enjoyed it so much, uh, and then 2017 and 2016, we're building a house, and I didn't get anything anything done basically because of the drifting. Yeah. So, 2017, I took the whole year off. Uh, I finished the house and moved in. And I mean, from the beginning or from anything I, I do, I, I like competition. I'm very competitive. And uh, just get me that, um, I don't know, adrenaline. Yeah, <laughs> Even for if sure. It's for fun, whatever. When I feel like I'm competing, you know, I want to be the best or I want to do better or more more fun. I, I don't know. And uh, I wanted to do US Drift or any competition. Oh, okay. I didn't know how much it cost, how what it does and whatever, but I always wanted to compete and uh, go out there and see what I can what I can do against, you know, some good drivers I was looking up to. So I uh, bought a car from ESA in 2018. Went to that shootout. I was gonna do the whole series of uh, US Drift, but that was the first year they switched to a shootout style, and um, I didn't do well. I was out in top 16. Got a little uh, like bombed. <laughs> Cut me off guard. Like what the competition is, you know, and how how much pressure you get. Or that one or two runs basically when you at the fun event you can run all day and do as many mistakes as you want and nobody even notice those mistakes as long as the next run is you know nice and smoky and fun whatever then you're kind of looks like a killer driver yeah uh, when you're out there and you have those two runs to prove something and you feel the pressure and everything like everything's so different so yeah that's what i learned that it's uh it's completely different world and you know or same thing when I watched before Pro 2 and Pro 1 and thinking, damn, those guys are can't even link the track, you know, making so stupid mistakes. If I go out there, I'm going to kill it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, my, full, my first year, man, I killed it. Yeah, barely qualified once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a, it, drifting is a super humbling experience because everyone thinks that they're going to go out there and kill it because you watched Osmo do it. And it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> exactly. And, you know... Uh, not knowing from being just a spectator, even you know, even at the event, uh, you don't see how much, how little practice we get, or the things we have to, you know, struggle with, like car failures or little things, mistakes and stuff like that. Doesn't get you a lot of seat time, and then you, you know, you have cameras and live stream and everything on you, and you know, people are watching you, friends are watching you, wanna do well, and by thinking about it, you do even worse. <laughs> You know, for when you're begin beginner and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I bought a car and um, I did US drift. Didn't do it very well. Found out there's another series East End mm-hmm. doing a pro down south, and I decided to go that one to do that one. And um, I did okay. I like I enjoyed the the actual series uh, rounds from round to round because uh, first round I went by myself unprepared. <laughs> Matter of fact, it was the same week weekend as New Jersey Formula Drift. So I was in New Jersey Thursday and Friday. 
helping Mike Alessa in practice and qualifying. And then uh, I had my truck and trailer parked on the outside lot. And then Friday night, yeah, I left right. New Jersey. Friday, Friday night, I left New Jersey and drove overnight to North Carolina. And I had my first uh, round of Pro-Am where I qualified first. But then I was out in top eight. So I won my top 32 battle, top 16 battle, mm-hmm. and top eight. I, uh, I had a killer, killer lead run. And then in chase, I basically went uh, over that chalk line, the outside zone. Yeah. And uh, they, they just put that chalk line. I don't know. It was really big, thick, thick line. And I felt that powder, like, just lost grip instantly. As soon as I touched that with my tires, I don't know how, but it just spun me around in my chase. And and I was really close to the guy, and he threw a lot of angle. And I felt like we were both spinning. But somehow he saved it. And so he got the win. I ended up in fifth place because of my uh, number one qualifying. So, but then second round I got third place. Uh, third round I got second place, and fourth round I got first place. And I ended up like two or three points behind the championship. So behind behind the champion. So got second place and got my license. And uh, yeah, went out next year in Pro Two, and uh, I did okay in Orlando. That was my first round. I qualified eleventh actually with a. Uh, with qualifying, you know, the old style qualifying or the original one uh, in top 16, I uh, hit the wall and I was out. And then Atlanta, I kept snapping axles and something else was with the car. So I didn't qualify. Sent the car to SF for rebuild. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car came back straight to St. Louis round three, four. And it was a three month period that I didn't. I didn't sit in my car. So you're sending so, that car across the country every time you need to get work done to it? No, he does all his work, but anything big or, you know, when it's more. Yeah, or rebuild or something like that, yeah. Ah, okay. I was like, Jesus, that sounds super expensive. Yeah. It's only been there twice when he bought it and then that one time. Ah, okay, okay. That makes a little more but sense then, now. That's why I was like, Jesus, how are you guys getting by with then this? then my U6, I send after St. Louis. Yeah, we were going to be in Washington right above it, so it worked out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it was uh, when I sent my Z4 from straight from Atlanta, it was 1000 uh-huh. bucks, and then it was $1,500 to bring it to St. Louis. Uh, same thing with uh, E46, it was $1,000 to send it to Cali, and I think 1000 bucks or 1200 bucks, or maybe even 1500 bucks. I don't know, to bring it back to Seattle uh, in a close trailer. So anyways... Like yeah, it's only four grand in shipping. Trip. Five, yeah. four, five grand shipping. Jesus. But yeah, um, so for some of us, the five grand is our whole season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff happens. Yeah, no, no, it very clearly does. I'm just, I'm not only am I, can I not afford to pay somebody else to do these things? I'm also cheap, so it does. They go hand in hand, apparently. Oh, man, I think we're all cheap sometimes, but then uh, when you're at this level, you I, I understand that I can't cheap out and just waste even more money by not being well at the round, going to the round, and just because I chipped out in a couple of things and not being able to perform well, like, then yeah. what's the point of doing it? So no, I agree well with that. I do agree with that. And, and I'll do well. And I'm also, like, hard-headed, and I have this thing about, like, wanting to figure something out myself. Just to toot my own horn, uh, for whatever damn reason, and I, I need to change that too. So yeah, well, it's I mean, good to know your car. Good. It's good to do everything yourself. So. But to what to, to, to what end? Yep. So that's uh something I deal with every day. Um, what do you guys? What would you guys say is like the other than you know the travel? Is the biggest difference between like a prime and a pro two setup? The amount of practice that you get, possibly. Is, oh, you guys get like slim to none, huh? Very different though from years prior. I mean, this year for pro two is is you know pretty awesome in some aspects compared to last year and all the other years. You know, it's for being my first year in it. I know that a lot of things were different before. You know, and it seems you know we have less drivers now because of COVID and because of whatever else, and, yeah. you know, the time crunch on the season. So, you know, everybody's basically in the show. 
so it's a lot different this year. I hate to say stuff and then go back to it next year and, and my stuff be irrelevant, you know, but I know from years before, these guys didn't get much runs at all, you know, for practice. So if you weren't 100% with a car and you go there and you're just trying to learn a track, I mean, it's over. You're not qualifying. You just wasted that entire trip. Yep. Yeah, you, you get, we would get four to six laps before qualifying. That's it. So not only if the track is new to me, that I need a couple laps to figure out the track, then I would have to figure out what gearing or whatever pressure I need. Mm -hmm. And then with that, I would need a couple laps to uh, actually, you know, try practice to practice on that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. But we, we wouldn't get that. You know, you sit on grid for 45 minutes and then get, you get one run and then uh, another 45 minutes or so. You luckily, if you get two runs per session, then we get like two, three sessions and then we qualify. Then that was basically the biggest problem. After qualifying, it's only top 16 people, and then you get another couple hours of, of practice next day. That's where you can get a lot of practice, and it's only tandem basically. And you know? also, eight pairs of drivers, uh, you get plenty of practice on the next day if you made it into the top 16. But to make it into top 16 with no practice almost is, and with almost uh, 40 drivers, you know, you have so much pressure and so much things going on through your head. And that's why they were saying the top 16, I mean, the Pro 2 was a shit show. Pro 2 was a shit show. Yeah, it was a shit show because people didn't get any practice. And with so much pressure, you know, you try to do better to get into top 16 and you just screw up even more. That makes so. a lot of sense. I agree with that 100%. Because Pro 2 isn't what it was. Last year was good, don't be wrong, but Pro 2 this year really is completely different like even if you went and watched like back-to-back -back rounds from what was it did they do st louis last year as well in yes. two? so if you yeah just that one for instance if you did if you watch st louis and of 2019 and 2020 they're very very different mm -hmm. um the driving is way better like everyone's it's just completely changed as opposed to you getting the four laps and hoping yeah. that shit works out for you when you get there <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you said the difference between Pro 2 and Pro 1. Uh, obviously, more rounds. I would say the driving level is completely different. You know, a lot better. People are professionals, <laughs> real professionals who yeah. drive the track for so many years and they have the notes, they have the setup from, you know, year to year. And I mean, now, now I see how it is having some advantage or just knowing the track like i went to st louis and i drove st louis in my z4 so i definitely knew the areas that was difficult uh basically how to connect the track basically i knew that in my head because i struggled at in z4 so when i went out with this car just by uh muscle memory i knew where to start accelerating where to add or take away some angle mm -hmm. and it worked out good but, okay you know, if you give it if you give it uh 10 years in a row that i would run the same track some bigger tracks the main tracks the pro one guys runs you know then you understand why they just go out there and kill it like first couple of rounds and then they run door to door in practice yeah they've so, also been there 10 times and that makes sense yeah. but yeah obviously um knowing the other drivers well too because these guys and their spotters know the tendencies of the other drivers so you know what you know somebody's going to be doing in a certain car you know how they're gonna you know how they initiate normally all those type of things yeah yeah that's uh that's everybody should be doing <clears throat> that's what my spotter is doing i don't know about yours brian <laughs> oh yeah um Thing. What is the uh, East Coast drift scene like? Especially we'll be watching you this time, Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So if Brian wins his top 32 battle, we're going against each other in top 16 in Texas. Are you guys excited for that? I am. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. it's kind of sucks because one of us is not going to go any further. I. Uh, it's really important for me to go further than that to kind of keep that uh, championship hunt whatever uh for brian it's his own whatever to do well and get his pro one license first year which is i don't think he's out of it completely even if he doesn't go past uh top 16 because they won more round and he's still he's still basically in like even though he's in 11th place but he's tied in points with the other like five or six drivers so, ah yeah. okay. like sixth or something yeah he's if not you, if you look at the points but yeah next round 
things will be good for me. I'm sure of it. <laughs> have you uh, have you had any issues like with the car or anything, or do you you know maybe set up? Dimitri talked about some of his issues. For me, um, I'm changing oil a little bit extra because we did see some flake in there. Um, I'm not used to like you know nine to one compression and supercharger and all this other stuff. So now I know you know after 10 events basically it just needs to be the block needs to be taken down a bit you have to change you know a few things so i'm gonna get on that a little bit more hopefully have some help get into that, that a little bit more what do, you, what do you mean by they need to get well just with a motor with this amount of power and supercharger and everything else i mean Donati used to take it apart after three events jeff Donati, who built it three four events he would take it apart and re-ring it and everything else hmm. so um, yeah, so Donati ran uh, three rounds, right? Two or three rounds, basically, in FT and then sold it to you. And you Correct. ran a lot of events, and now you're doing Pro 2, so it's like almost on the third year not being over, you know. Basically, That sounds so extreme. I, did, I need to look into that now. Well, like to do three you know, events and then the to tear a whole motor down? Depends on the build that you have and yeah. everything else, but how much you drive, you know? Yes. So Donati would do a practice day or two, and then uh-huh. he had four rounds to do with the car. And I, I bought the car. I did a test day with it just to see what it was about when I bought it. <clears throat> that was after, uh, what was it, um, in Ohio, where he's from, when I went to that shootout, whoever that was with, MDU. MDU? Yeah, at MDU there. So I... On the, on the fun day after the event, I did a couple of laps in it, and basically that's a full practice at FD. Then after that, I came back, and with uh, <laughs> Lock City Drift at Thompson, I did an event with it. And then another event, which, you know, those events, you get more time than you get at a full FD event. And I also brought it down to Clutch Kickers, did an event over there with it. So definitely got some use out of the thing. Are you, is it being rebuilt right now, or is it good to go? Unfortunately not. It's chilling in a trailer in Seattle, or area, Washington. in Washington, getting ready to come down to Texas, and we're going to hope thing holds together. <laughs> is it you th- did get a, a spare motor into the trailer, right? Like, yeah, we have a spare. Yeah, we just have a spare 6.0 sitting in the trailer. Just in case. Just in case, yeah. Stock bottom yeah, end Thomas one. Miata, Thomas Miata brought that down for me. He's one of the people helping me out on my crew. Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, that's something I want to What kind of crew are you guys running? Because that's like the my biggest concern if I get my license to go to Pro 2. Yeah, for me, being my first year, I didn't really know what to expect. A few people were telling me. So I got my good buddy, John, who helps me out around here. He, he lives in town with me and he used to work for me doing roofing and stuff. But now he kind of just runs my uh, garage, I guess you'd call it. It's just where my drift cars are and my work trucks go there. So he just helps me out. He's uh, definitely my right-hand man and not a huge mechanic, but he's definitely learning stuff. And he helps me out in my mind with all odds and ends that need to be done. So that's my one guy. And then Thomas Miata offered to come down with his buddy. So those are two other people that I have, and they're definitely – you know, they don't know my car, but they know mechanics, so they're helping me out. And my spotter is Reese Marin. Reese. So Reese has been on here before. Yeah, Reese is a good dude. So that's my crew, and it's definitely kind of bare bones in a way. You know, they don't know the cars. A lot of these other crews have worked on the car or built the car with the person. They know the car. They, you know, they drive the chassis. You know, so we're a little behind as far as that rolls. And unfortunately, I don't even though I got all the spares from Donati, stuff's not organized. I used some of the stuff. I didn't replace it. So I got a lot to learn to bring into next year. But definitely be ready for that. What is your uh, for you? What's your ultimate goal by the end of the season? I've already accomplished that this year, you know, just going out there and doing pretty decent. I mean, I mm-hmm. definitely would love to see a podium or two. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough competition, you know, 
it's hard to it, it was hard for me to figure out what I wanted out of this year mm-hmm. because I knew it was going to be different than last year. I mean, if it was last year and and I even you know, made it into the show with 40 plus drivers showing up and then they pick only 16 with their, you know, that would have been my goal last year, qualify a couple of times. You know, you don't realize how hard that even is. People don't see that until they're there. So, this year is, you know, just so much different. It's a uh... You know, I was happy with the first round that I went to, the car was good. Everything was good for me during practice and everything else, which what would have been qualifying, I was told by a bunch of different people I was in the top three or top five. So that that right there for me was awesome. And then the next round, I got knocked right off of uh, anything I was standing on when I couldn't put anything together. But we didn't know what to do with that car in the rain. And what I was told to do, I didn't do. And I'm regretting that now because I should have took uh, I should have took some more advice and done some things better to give myself a better chance because I was not set up right for the rain. Didn't get much practice in it because the power steering went. Oh wow! Kind of threw the round away. Um, what what was the advice you you were given for the rain? Take off my rear bar and lower my air sway pressure bar. more. Yeah, rear sway bar. Just take it right off and then lower the air pressure. Those were the two things I should have done to give myself the most amount of grip. And because we didn't get that second practice, and and in my first, even just my first practice, it was it was going to be wet, and then it turned to dry. So the gears that I had in the car were totally wrong. And then oh. I practiced in the dry, and then we changed the gears, you know, not knowing if it was going to be dry or wet, but figuring it was going to be wet. But it was seemed like the best choice to change those gears. You know, we changed the gears, and then I went in there and threw it all away. My 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 run in top uh, 16, I uh, initiated in. Everything seemed to be going fine, but the car was on full lock, and, and next thing I knew, it uh, hit the wall a couple of times. I didn't get scared. I didn't worry, um, but it was just so slick out there. The car started over-rotating more. Uh, maybe I could have held the handbrake and just dragged it against the wall, but I was didn't really think of it at the time and i don't know if i would have done it if that's what i was supposed to do but the car just kind of rotated and yeah that was the end of it at least you feel safe in the car when you hit the wall yeah with how much no, stuff they got you they they have us wearing these days at least it doesn't feel like you're gonna die no this is why i got into this sport it's one of the safest things i know how to do i mean i used to stunt street bikes and just oh, crazy oh see there you go all kinds of stuff that i did yeah, so in this car nothing scares me yeah with what is it with age comes the cage mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah dimitri's got a good crew he's talk about your crew dimitri that's just about that i mean um it's <laughs> i don't know if you can call it a crew but um i have my younger brother who's flying to every round and is helping me a lot with everything but he he was never like a car builder or anything like that. Oh, okay. I mean, just to have an extra person yeah. there. Well, I'm not a car builder either, but that's the thing. That's why I bought the car fully built from ESA and having him there uh, on the team, basically helping me and giving me advices. And I just feel like like I'm next to the daddy and, you know, daddy got me. Everything <laughs> <laughs> happens, which exactly what's been happening for the past two rounds. Is that why you, you just know? turned your boost down? He's like, he doesn't need this. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, seriously, that's a huge help, man. He really hooked you up as far as that goes. Yeah, like with a- any questions, like any setup, like even the gear, uh, you know, uh, what gearing I need. Like he goes out, they go out first in practice, so he runs a couple laps, and, and you know, right away he texts me and tells me this, 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 and that. Or, well, I'm actually on his uh, crew when he's running, and he's helping me when I'm running. So yeah, you got the cheat sheet. So when when yeah, there, you know, he tells me, all right, this is what you should expect on track. This is what you should do there in this area, in that area. This is the gear. This is about what you should do. So I get huge help from Essa. So I'm really happy with that. And like I said, my brother. And then one of my, um, Alex is my main guy, mechanic, I would say. He's also like Brian had Johnny, uh, my worker, you know, works with me. We're doing uh, construction, residential, whatever, siding, roofing, additions, flipping yeah. house, houses. So he is my main guy in the business and a good friend of mine. We know each other for a long time. So he travels with me to every single round. 
and then I have my uh, nephew, more like a cousin, <laughs> uh, who also uh, works on planes, and he's a pretty smart guy, knows a lot of stuff, um, and he's a good mechanic. So, and then I have my spotter, Dima, who is a, he's a car guy, he's a good mechanic, but he doesn't uh, really do a lot of wrenching because he's my spotter, but he understands a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. He was, uh, he actually was like, early 2000 i don't know a seven eight nine maybe uh he swapped uh rx7 ls swapped it ft rx7 he had a really nice sick uh like 700 horsepower uh, ls1 uh, fd rx7 nice so and he likes stuff clean he was a little bit in the car show scene and stuff like that with his other he actually owned uh, the 240 the golf one wrap livery the uh rb swapped uh 240 the older one um so he owned that at some point he would been in some magazines and some oh, okay. car shows and whatever stuff like that so he's a he does have a, he definitely has a background in in the automotive yeah he understands yeah. how to approach the, how to how even talk to me because i am uh, very unprofessional most of the time <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> ghetto country style boy that you know he basically guides me like what to do what not to do what to say what not to say <laughs> so i'm like i'm very very open and sometimes uh i just think out loud basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you look at me what i do what i say i'm just thinking out loud that's it you know i'm very <laughs> simple but um yeah he helped me out a lot with everything and he's my spotter and he tells me good stuff when we're out there so yeah i have a spotter dima then i have three guys in the pits always three pads three uh, guys um and then uh from round to round they have other people who's always asking me to come and we have those four uh extra passes that we can bring guests or crew extra crew so yeah i always have a couple extra guys uh in the pits and then these guys have the hard cards to go into the hot pits for me it's very important to have at least one guy always standing next to me until i go up to the start line because uh either i need a when you're strapped in and everything, not that I feel claustrophobic, whatever you call that, but it's like, you know, I don't have a rear view mirror inside or my, uh, you know, the behind me, I can't see through the back glass because there's no glass. Everything is blocked off. Uh, you're strapped in. Your hands device prevents you from turning your head more than, you know, um, whatever, 15 degrees. And uh, if I need a water or if I need to know my tire pressure, if I just want to make sure or ask them, two or three or five times can you check my tire pressure can you check my tire pressure can you tell me what it is you know i just need to have somebody like or how's the car runs what's the what's this what's that my fuel gauge so i would tell me the fuel gauge you know how much fuel we have but you know it's just me trying to get things out of my head and i feel safe when i see somebody one of my guys next to me so i can ask them any question anytime until i like leave the start line basically because when i don't have them and i'm like i'm starting not freaking out but i feel like what if what's my tire pressure what if they forgot to set my tire pressure what if they forgot, forgot to refill me what if they, they did that you know so i just keep keep reassuring and asking the questions even though i shouldn't be doing because they're always on top of it always doing everything and um you know i come into the pits and they they know exactly what to do you know bolt check and this and that and even when i had these major failures like take the diff apart put it back together I basically didn't get my hands dirty, you know. My guy jumped on it and did everything till like one o'clock in the morning and they're like, Tell me, don't worry about it, stay out of it. You know, everything's gonna be good. So that was a, a big, big help. Having a solid crew and not worry about things, uh making sure they double check me, make sure they torque the wheels and all that stuff. So yeah, I have a four four guys, solid crew, plus Michael as a fifth one and then a couple guys usually come to different rounds. So yeah, having a decent crew is a big help, big peace of mind. Yeah, I would imagine. Especially uh I'm assuming like most of these people know this car or there have they just kind of like learned it this year? Uh we all learned it this year except Essa. But like I said, uh the the main thing what a lot I of expect, things are similar to happened, the old car. What I expect to happen is change tires, fill up, um, and whatever adjustments we have to do, either drop the pressure, change the sway bar, and if something happens, maybe check the toe, you know, and uh, a little bit put the suspension, but that's when I have answer to, to all this turning up and turning down stuff. But uh, obviously, we do. all of us have a you know pretty good common sense when it comes to whatever. We bent the shock, we tapped something, hit something, you know, fix something real quick. 
you know, we can do that all, all stuff, no problem. Yeah. Basically, basically, I don't expect any major failures. Um, but uh, when it happens, we seems like take care of it pretty well. So what's the yeah, uh, if you if you would see if you would I don't know if you ever seen my car uh, either one they are built very simple like so much room you can get to anything and Brian can say that you know the cars are very very accessible from any angle anything you want to do in it I had so much I had an E46 before mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a tall person at all but I'm also not skinny um, and trying to get into the back to do anything was a job in itself. I always used to like stick my son back there and have him do whatever I needed. <laughs> yeah, but this car is all chopped up, so you know there's so much. Um, my uh, whatever, any any hard frame metal stops right past my rear axle, so everything else behind it in the back is collapsible. Basically, just the overs with the bash bar and the trunk fiberglass. Um, in the front, also everything's pretty open. You pop the hood and you see everything, whatever you need to get to. So that's there is no no brainer when it comes to electrical stuff. I'm not really good with and electronic tuning and all that stuff. And I don't know nothing about, but like mechanical stuff, you know, I can wrench and get things done pretty quick when it needs to. Yeah, yeah. I just finished my electrical today. That's why I was able to finally try to start my car. <laughs> what nice. is that you have? What's that? What is your car? I know I've seen it before, but I forget what it is. It's a 04 Cadillac CTSV. Okay. Oh, nice. So, it's uh, we'll see how it does this year. It's got a lot is of changes. Make. What's that? Is it five seven? Uh, no, it's six zero. Six zero. The first two years came five seven, but um, I I blew the um the flywheel up last year, and it took out my uh my engine block with it. Well, yeah. so you got T56? Uh, no, I have a Muncie uh, M20. So basically kind of like the dog box style with the side shift without the whole dog box. Okay. So it works. When it, when it don't I work. I bought that four-door Cadillac, the black one that that dude had. The who? Uh, Nick? I don't know if his name was Nick. I can't think of his name right now. It was the black the one? that does welding? Yep. Yeah, it was Nick. black. Yeah, he's actually, um, yeah, he sold his car, and he ended up, uh, like, parting it out, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, no one ended up buying it. Yeah. You did yourself a favor, probably, so, (laughs) don't. Yeah, Sini was, like, doing some, you know, certain things were turning me off just because I knew he was having a little bit of problems with it and everything else, and like I said, I'm not really one that's intervention and everything else, so I don't really want to deal with that. It's a it's a it's a lot of deal to deal with when you're trying to like build something um that not only That's doesn't not have common. the yeah, it doesn't have the support. Yeah, like you got to yeah, you got to figure this stuff out yourself. Which is yeah. which is a fun task in itself depending on who you are. Um but not for it's not for everybody, that's for sure. Yeah, and if you don't make a second one, you're not going to have spares, so it's just not yeah, good for Exactly. competition so. or Nope, no, it is not, and this is a competition vehicle only. So we'll see. We'll cross that bridge yeah. when I get there. I still need to get an angle kit made. So wild. Yep, I make poor choices, not good ones. Uh, it happens. It does. Um, do you guys plan on making any changes to your guys's vehicles for next year? Or are you guys just gonna stick with the same thing, um, whether or not you do move to Pro One? Dimitri, <laughs> uh, you're gonna I'm ask not, for that four really, psi back. I'm not really planning to go pro one. I mean, maybe I'm pretty sure I will get my license. Maybe I'll do a couple of rounds for fun, um, whichever combined with pro two. Okay. Uh, just throw bigger tires on it and go have fun, get more practice in. But um, I mean, S was building me another motor right now, a fully built another motor. That can handle, you know, 8850 to the wheels, solid, proven, with no failure. So, uh, basically, we're going to control the power as we need it by boost. And uh, I think the car is, I mean, the car is pro championship. Won the championship. The car definitely can do it. 
the question is if I can do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't need anything. Nothing. If you go pro one, just basically turn up the boost and put a bigger tires on it and let's go. My car I'm pretty happy with, too. I made a few changes when mm -hmm. I bought it, and they've been panning out pretty good. It's just, you know, it's a competition car. The way it's set up, it needs to be kept on top of. Yeah. And as I already touched on, you know, getting a spare motor and, you know, rebuilding the motor more often or just having everything checked, you know, not a full rebuild, but definitely get the rings right, make sure bearings are done and, and everything else. I think I'll be set. I was really happy in the first round with the car. So I'm hoping this next round in the dry, as long as we can get the power steering correct and the steering rack correct, um, you know, should have a decent outcome, should have some fun in practice and get some good battles in. And, you know, for next year, I think the car is fine. You know, I don't think that anything really needs to be changed on it. Again, just maintenance, a good spare package, uh, make sure everything's organized. That's a big thing for me that I want to step up. Other than that, I think we're good to go. You guys are both running with spare motors on your trailers or? No. No. I got, I have just a junkyard motor that hey, that's we can a spare throw everything on and cross our fingers with. Yeah, and that's that'll be I the one that gets you through hell and back. I was planning on having a spare motor, but uh, basically, I used it. <laughs> I used my spare yeah. motor. Yeah, it's gonna be well. But Asa Asa has a spare motor, so and I did talk to him. Like if I if I end up needing it, you know, are we will will be able to use it? Like yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. Another yeah, the thing. boss the boss has it. The boss, <laughs> yeah. Another thing that's been tough on me. And, you know, Dimitri a little bit, too, probably is just not having the vehicle here every round. It's going to the next round. So we don't get to do any testing. We don't get to do any fixing. We have to do it right before, during, or right after each round. My truck, my big rig left Connecticut and went to St. Louis. And right after St. Louis, it went straight to Washington State. Now it's coming from Washington State to Texas, and then it's getting driven to California. So we're saving time, money, and gas. But um, at the know, expense to, of not being able yeah. to have the car with you. Yeah, no, that yeah, makes sense. So that was the reason Dimitri sent, he had to send his car back to Essa, you know, because to bring it home and bring it back out would have been more expensive. Yep. So. Yeah, that gets a, that seems like it's going to get a little pricey if you're trying to get to and from each event as opposed to from one event to the next and paying for storage for what a month or two the jersey guys yeah the way it's set up with us being in connecticut you know the first round was the closest and everything from there got further away so it just didn't make sense to come back we both have families and businesses so it's you know it's different than some other people that you know just don't have a family yet to spend time with or yeah. you know, business to take care of it's it's tough too to get time off of work don't get me wrong i know that but when you have workers relying on you to be around that's you know another issue where you can't just take you know a week and a half to drive the cow yeah and i'm pretty sure yeah, you can barely get away with yeah you guys can <laughs> barely get away with a weekend without being bothered by your workers i'm assuming or at least without getting hit up at least once or twice yeah, I always used to answer every single phone call. But one thing that, you know, drifting, getting older and having my family and my kids get older is, you know, I just put the thing on silent a little bit and check my voicemails later. But I always prided myself the first 10 years in business in answering every single phone call almost every time. But Yeah, recently I was surprised a few times I uh, I, I couldn't reach you. I called you. <laughs> like, was he okay, yeah, I was about to call your wife and double check because I was the first time in five, six years that I know you. Five years I know you. You like, not, uh, you know, missed a call from me. <laughs> I'm like, yep. is everything okay? Yeah, yeah so, it's something so new for every me. Every time you call him, like, he just answered his phone. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's one reliable person I knew I can call anytime <laughs> I need something or just to talk to somebody. I know he's going to answer. So the first time, like I said, it was a few months ago, and if he didn't answer, I'm like, oh, shit, what happened to Brian? Is he alive? <laughs> yeah. Stories and Instagram and everything. <laughs> Nothing been posted in the last couple hours. Oh, shit, is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you guys, uh, you guys looking forward to next round is Texas, right? 
Yep. Yeah, I like Texas. I've been there like Great once, track. and then I like fell in love with the. I love the South. I've been there. I went to Atlanta once, and I went to Texas once, not for FD events, but just to go there. Um, and I really love it down in? there. I'm in Cal. I'm in LA, so okay. Good old Los Angeles. I actually live um gotcha. like eight miles from Irwindale. Okay. So no, I'm nice. gonna try to make it. If are you gonna be at the last round? I don't know if they're gonna allow spectators because I don't. I don't uh, qualify. They don't allow spectators, but you can be on somebody's team. Uh, if you're inviting, I will definitely be there. <laughs> I, I do know their E46 <laughs> chassis. Uh, so some local guys, you know, might have uh, extra passes. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I was thinking uh, too. We get four passes for each round, and then and then if uh, they run out of passes and you really want to be there, uh, then uh, you can buy a temporary hard card, which is hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> so. I mean, um, yeah, but that's for four days. Yeah, that's for four days. Cockpits and everything, you know, because if you buy a ticket for as a spectator for the whole weekend, you pay like eighty dollars or so. So, um, especially if somebody needs help and can split the cost and get you in, you know, with the hard card, I think that's even better. That's what I did in Seattle. Actually, I um, I uh, used up all my. Oh my uh, guests! Um, I thought about applying for a, a media class, like with the Drifting Pro Am podcast, but I don't, I don't necessarily like take pitches or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of it may not make a whole lot of sense. They may decline it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As a media, you might be able to go in. Yeah, I thought about it. I, that's how I usually register for like since a lot of everything's closed right now, like in California. That's what I've been doing to register for like local events to get into them. Nice. If if I'm not driving at least. But now that this car's, it starts. It doesn't run. But now that it starts, I might go take it to an event and try to figure it out because. I can't be trying to start a loud ass car in my driveway every day to figure out what's going on with it. Yeah, once you get to that point, bring it there, see what's going down, shake it down. Yeah, that's the plan. That is the plan, but I still got a lot to finish. Um, what day are you guys heading out for uh, Texas? Or do you guys just fly out since your guys' tra- truck and trailer is... No, we actually decided to drive because we didn't buy our tickets in time and we would need a car there, and it's not cross country. It's only like 1,700 miles. So um, still a long I drive. guess we're going to drive uh, main event from here. And Texas. It, are you guys towing your trailers together? I mean, towing your yeah. cars together on the same yes. trailer? Oh, okay. Well, I have a tractor and a stacker trailer, so like basically an eighteen wheeler, so I could fit three cars and all our spares and parts and whatever else. Oh, nice. Okay, that so works. He's in there with me. I need to get one of those. Yep. Someday. Yeah, you can buy mine. I want to upgrade to a toter. Uh, I can barely afford to <laughs> fix my personal truck right now uh <laughs> i'll cross that bridge when i get there uh, but i think i'm gonna call it guys uh thank you guys for coming on i definitely appreciate it um if you guys want to go out and shout out your sponsors if you'd like to or anybody else you would like to you're more than welcome to do so go ahead dimitri um thanks um s autosport achilles radios ic suspension ignite racing field in, uh, South Bay feeling characters and um, team never settle yep everything the same here Instagram Wobbin Drift team Instagram never settle drift you also have that uh, who's in pro 2 right I remember we Correct. slightly discussed it that's yep. just uh, who's who of pro 2 basically yeah, so what I did, and most people don't even know that that's my page yet. I mean, I think probably a couple of Pro 2 guys have figured it out. But I put together the page just for that way we can all get together. Or I'm going to let a couple more people post on there and just see if the, if the thing takes off. It will be just more coverage of Pro 2 for anybody that wants to check that out. So it's the Instagram is uh, who is who in FD Pro 2. But as soon as you type in who is who in FD or something like that, it pops right up. And especially if you're into drifting, as soon as you type in who, it'll pop up. All right. Gentlemen, thank you again for coming on. Best of luck to the both of you this season. <laughs> Appreciate uh, it. 
Hopefully you uh, you both make it to at least get your Pro 1 license. Not necessarily have to go to Pro 1, but at least to say you got the license. Yeah, definitely. But uh, thank you guys again. You guys have a good night. And I know it's very late there because it's not even that late here now that I just looked at my clock. 11. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's 8 here. <laughs> nice. It's just uh, I've been up since... The very early morning trying to get this car figured out, and then at like 5 o'clock I tried to start it, and it it didn't work. It was supposed to run. Like it, like it never skipped a beat, but now I get to go play with this what thing. What do you have, a standalone or a stock car? Yeah, I went with the Terminator X from Holly for the LS stuff, so I haven't figured it out yet. It's supposed to be like a self-learning thing, but I don't know. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But <laughs> hey, I've heard I've heard mixed opinions about them. Same, um, <laughs> but you know, whatever. See I've, how it rolls, and if you need to, exactly. step it up to something else. Uh, we're gonna have to make this one work <laughs> for now. Yep. Least. But all right, guys, you guys have a good night. All right, you all too right. later. All right, bye.